Welcome to the Content and Media Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the Content and Media team at Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Content and Media Matters podcast. Your hosts today are me, Tegan Villaney, Managing Consultant, and Abby Burnham, Associate Consultant. And we're really delighted to be joined today by Mark Billinge. At the age of 13, Mark emailed the BBC asking them how he could become a cameraman and has always loved this industry. Mark started his career as a technical operations supervisor for IMG, as it is now, before taking a role with OSM. Still within the broadcast media production and distribution industry, but this time based out in Dubai, where he spent 10 years. His roles have included VP broadcast operations to CTO. Following this, he moved to Cinemedia, where he was VP of Operations and Services. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hi. Hi, Tegan. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me along. Great to be here. No, thank you for, for spending your time with us this afternoon. And to get us started, we, we always like to ask people the same thing. And I've kind of alluded it to there in, uh, in my introduction there. How did you actually first get into the content and media industry after that uh, letter to the BBC? Yeah, well, after after that that letter, I mean, I was I was very young then, and and I actually got a response back, um, which was great with some um, some information. But then, um, I, I guess my real kind of way into the industry was after I after I finished at uni, and and I guess in, in a lot of ways, I have my my mum to thank for it because um, I was at home um, for the summer after finishing uni and and she um, she found this advert for a job in a in a um, graduate magazine um, and and came to me and said oh look this looks good you should apply for this and it was um, uh, an advert for a graduate training scheme at um, at TWI as it was then which is now yes. IMG um and um yeah i applied for it went through the interview process and um and and the rest is history i guess i got offered the offered the role and and started on uh, the graduate training scheme there at some um, at twi which was um yeah great experience amazing yeah we always we always like to find out a little bit about how people um got started in the industry um and yeah, interested to dive a little bit more into your background. And I think you, you kind of mentioned your mum there, but we always like to, to find out a little bit more about who you would say has been the biggest influence on your career. Yeah, I get influences on my career. I mean, when I when I started at TWI, there was some there was some some great some great people there um, who were real kind of mentors to me. Um, a lot of ex BBC engineers. Um, and I, yeah, I, I feel even now I owe, I owe quite a lot to them, to be honest. I think they really kind of took me under my, under their wing and, and um, kind of showed me the way in the, in the industry. And and that was you know, working up through the engineering department, then into more of the technical operations. So, um, yeah, I feel that, um, I feel that they, uh, I have a lot to owe them. Oh, amazing. And yeah, so important to, to have those sort of mentors throughout your career as well. And in, in your career, you've been involved in sort of many transformation projects um, th throughout your career. 
turning those sort of teams around for organizations. What would you say have been the major um, learning points that you've taken away from those experiences? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I look back to my my time in the Middle East at um, at OSN in Dubai, and uh, and I think we achieved a, a hell of a lot. And I, I think I think one thing I would say is don't estimate what you can achieve as a team. Um, we were relatively a relatively small team and we we achieved uh, I, I think we we punched above our weight and, and we achieved uh, a lot. Um, and I, it, it may sound slightly cliched, but I think there's also that, you know, you're only as good as the team that you have around you. And, um, you know, I, I feel we built, as I say, quite a small team, but a very good team. Um, yeah, and we, we achieved several several regional firsts during that period, um, which wow. was which was great, great for us all. And I and I think, you know, when you're when you're leading a team like that, it's important to make sure you've got trust and transparency within the team. Um, and I think um yeah, hearing hearing conflicting points of view is good, it's healthy and and I think um, you know, helps drive that drive that success as well. Oh no, definitely. And um, I think later on in the podcast as well, we'll talk a little bit about the importance of, of that diversity. Um, but thank you for that. Really, really always nice to get an insight into, into your past. And we'll move uh, to Tegan for some questions on, on the here and now. I love that as well, Mark. Never underestimate your, your potential or, or your capability. It's, um, it's always such a mind game sometimes, isn't it, actually, uh, when it comes to how people view themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, having that, I think, again, it comes to support as well, as long as you've got yeah. that support network around you. And I, and I think one of the, you know, the the CEO at that time in Dubai, David Boutouac, who asked me to take on the role, um, you know, I go back to the previous question about, you know, mentors, he, you know, I owe a lot to him as well. He, he gave me great support at that time as well. Wonderful. And the current state of the content and media industry, which is something that um, people like to debate for, for hours and hours. But what is your current take on how the industry is right now? Yeah, I think I think the industry is, is continuing through that period of transformation. Um, it seems to be it, it, it seems to have been in that transformative state now for probably five to ten years even it, you know it's a continuing it's a continuing circle um you could argue you know you could say that there's a a, a big drop off in in linear linear channel consumption but then at the same time you know in the last 12 months or so we've seen the introduction of fast channels and the growth of fast channels and you know ad supported linear viewing um so it, it continues to continues to evolve and uh, and i guess you know to support that continuing transformation is the the change in technology that's required to support those changes in in viewing habits and uh, and consumption patterns and um yeah, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's an interesting, interest, continually interesting time for, for the industry. And, and obviously, you know, the, the, the move to cloud and, and more software defined um, architectures, et cetera, are needed to create that velocity of delivery and the agility needed by businesses to be able to 
be able to fulfill the customer need and demand and um uh, and, which is huge yeah exactly there's you know probably more content consumption today than ever before um but you could argue it's also you know slightly fragmented as well across so many different services that's the problem isn't it it, it fragmented is the word where where do you sit on the cord cutting debate well, I think it, it it's it's an interesting. One. I think it's happened or it's happening, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think, um, but at the same time, I think it, the likes of uh, I was uh, thinking this in an answer to one of the questions that comes later. But I think you know Sky are doing it very well at the moment about kind of almost bringing those discrete services back into back into a bundle um, by making their apps. Um, available on their platform and um, and including the cost of some of those apps within the cost of your subscription for their platform so it's a it's a different way of bundling in a way it's it, it's kind of gone full circle yeah I, it, I was saying that to somebody um we've obviously had connected tv world summit the week that, that we're recording and I, I was talking talking to somebody there it it all just goes around in circles at, at the end at the end of the day Tech might be different, but a lot of things go round and round. Yeah, I think I think so. It, but it goes round, but it comes round in a slightly different form mm -hmm. to what it was previously. So, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and kind of we touched on it a bit there. But how would you say end-to-end -end hybrid OTT cloud-based platforms then have impacted the tier one service providers? Yeah, I mean, if you mean how they adopted those technologies to, to yeah. transform their services, then yeah, they've they've it's obviously enabled them to create that agility and um, uh, and speed of delivery to be able to compete with those you know, the global giants in in that space. So um, mm, absolutely, and and what you know, looking to the future, then what what excites you in the industry for for the future? Yeah, I think you know, in any in any transformation, it, it it brings a lot of change, and and that change is you know it's exciting. It you know it also change brings opportunity, right? Um, and you know, I've always I've always loved the I've always loved the industry, and it, it's great to see it. It's great to see it evolve, and and how the new tech is enabling enabling the service providers to deliver you know better services and enhanced services and and how we can use you know the data that's available to enhance the viewer experience etc it's um i think that's you know particularly when you look at sport yeah um, and how you can use that you look at f1 is a great example you know look oh. at how the data in is being used to enhance the viewer experience in you know in screen as well and and mm. being a i'm a keen cyclist and you can see the same there as well it, it just puts another layer of of experience for the viewer yeah i think f1 um wwe are the other guys that, that are doing masterclass in that actually and their whole commercialization um around the ecosystem is extraordinary yeah exactly exactly and it just as i say it just brings another another layer to the viewer experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wonderful thank you abby i'm gonna uh, pass the mic back to you
Yes, um, so for our topic that, that matters this week, we wanted to touch a little bit more um, around your experience in, in content protection. How would you say um, tackling the issues of content protection has changed over the last uh, 15 years or so? Yeah, I mean, it's changed. I mean, the whole the whole scene has changed uh, massively over the last um, over the last 15 years or so. And when I again, when I was out in the Middle East at OSN, piracy was a huge issue for the platform then. Mm -hmm. um, and set top box controlled word sharing piracy. Um, it was almost a, a death nail for the business. It was, it was, a, it became almost unmanageable. And there was a, there was a decision then, and a very brave decision by the business to to swap the CAS system and and replace every set top box in every customer's home, which is, I'm sure you can imagine, a massive undertaking for the business. Yeah. But ultimately, it was successful, and it eradicated. Um, control word share in piracy um which then set the business uh, in the right direction for several years of rapid growth and 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 you know really really good times to the for the business but then um the piracy landscape changed with redistribution piracy which is much more akin to what we what we see today the biggest the biggest issues we see today and that that came around with you know the availability of broadband and and you know most homes having access to broadband and and the pirates obviously being able to use broadband for the capture and redistribution of, of services so um yeah that's the that's probably the biggest shift we've seen over the last 15 years and and i think that's where the industry really is focusing now in how to how to manage and and, and cope with that redistribution privacy no, definitely. And um, at Connective TV Summit this week, um, we've seen that there's been talks around the, the threat posed by piracy as a service and the professionalization of piracy tools. How would you say as an industry we, we go about fighting this? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, there's always, I think it's multifaceted. I think the fight against um, piracy has always been multifaceted, you know, both using technology and continue to improve improve the technology to stop the content from leaking in the first place i think i think the problem with redistribution is that in in classic in in classic set top box piracy it was um you could be proactive to stop it in in redistribution piracy it always feels like it's being slightly reactive and how to plug the hole after the content has leaked and, and how to trace that content. So, you know, continue to evolve the technology to enable better forms of watermarking and, and content protection is obviously key. But then, you know, there's other elements to it as well as education and, and making sure that um, consumers and, and viewers understand that, you know, what is what is piracy and, and what, you know, because I think it, you know, in some cases now you could, you could be viewing piracy content without even realizing, in some cases, that you are. Um, yeah. And and then also, you know, making sure that you create frictionless points of entry to legitimate, um, legitimate content as well, and and 
yeah we touched on earlier you know if you look at sky you know they do a great job in in bringing everything together onto a single platform and and it's very um it's a very frictionless experience which um which is key to to bringing subscribers and, and customers into into legitimate platforms you know that's a, a really good point and interesting what you're saying about the the consumer side as well because i think it's quite easy for consumers to not really understand the impact that the, the piracy is having on, on the content and the, the industry as well. Um, you touched on this a little bit there as well, um, but you've worked um, and have experience across both the sort of set up, set up box um, and streaming focused organizations. How have you found that the, the, the two differ? Yeah, I think in, in some ways, in some ways they're similar, but in other ways mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're very different. I think, um, I think in set-top box-based environments, naturally because of the because of the set-top box, you you probably move slightly slower um, than than you do in a pure streaming business. Um, and you know when I when I started as well, you know the set-top box it was a one-way device, and we worked very hard to to make it a two-way device, and and and. You know that brings that brings value and richness to to the customer as well as the business, obviously. Um, but the set top box, you know, you still got that embedded software on the set top box, so you have to, you know, the development cycles are, are naturally slower. Um, whereas, you know, given the the natural tech stack you have in a in a streaming service, then you 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 naturally have greater velocity and, and agility and and uh, update cycles etc i guess the the big you know the the challenge for pure streamers is is enabling ensuring the the quality of service and quality experiences up there particularly you know when you're delivering across public internet and you know unmanaged networks um ensuring that that quality of service is um is a challenge um and also, of course, you know, latency as well. You know, we got to, particularly in in you know when you're dealing with sport, um, latency is is also a challenge, which you know, the industry is working hard to hard to reduce. But I'm sure we've all been there where you get a notification on your phone telling you there's been a goal before you actually see it go in the back of the net on the <laughs> on your app, which is which can be slightly frustrating. No, definitely. Yeah, that's really fascinating, actually. I hadn't hadn't considered um, all, all of those points so much. Um, but thank you, Mark. Uh, I'll move back to, to uh, our other core topic for today, um, which is diversity. Um, so, yeah, Tegan, over to you. Wonderful. I must ask as well, Mark, which team do you support again? I can't quite remember. I'm an Arsenal fan. That's it. I knew, <laughs> I knew we discussed football and I, I knew that you were supporting a team that was near the top of the table. I couldn't quite remember which one it is and didn't want to insult you, so I thought I'd better ask. It's the one that's, <laughs> it's the one that's eight points clear at the moment. So. <laughs> do you think they're going to do it? I hope we are, yeah. It's the season yeah. I think we've been, all Arsenal fans have been waiting for for the yeah. last, well, it would be 20 years, I think, this year. Yeah, so, um, and yeah, I love how Arteta's done it. He's just slowly built up, kept plugging away. Um, no, oh, let's see. Uh, you, you heard it here first. But um, working globally, how, how have you seen diversity and inclusion um, be addressed over the course of your career? 
Yeah, I think, and again, you know, being in the Middle East, it, it may sound strange to some people, but, you know, we had huge diversity. And I think that was, um, that was one of the things that really, you know, made it, made it so kind of uh, exciting and fun is that you know we had we had the team was made up from all different cultures and ethnicities all around the world and um it was a real a real rich mix and and I think you know that that helped us deliver to be honest with you I think it was really you know really really helped us and and yeah it was a it was a really rich mix of, of people and characters so it's great yeah, you've you kind of answered my second question there, which was, you know, why is it so important for companies to to get this right? And I guess it is because diverse companies deliver, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, uh, I think you know, many voices is a is a good thing, and 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 different opinions and different backgrounds, different cultures naturally bring different points of view and and different perspectives on on different subjects um so i think it's yeah i think it, it it's great and i think it's a it's a good thing mm. is there anything when it comes to diversity inclusion that you still would like to see change with um i think i think a lot of progress has has been made over the last over the last few years um there probably are still areas for improvement. I mean, one one topic that's been you know in the news the last few weeks is childcare and the cost of childcare and yes. and you know how do you support young families and and young mothers get back into work and and you know I think there's obviously a, a, an economic side to it as well, but I think um, I think it'd be great to see companies look more at how they can support that childcare either in the workplace or or alternatively you know how how do you make it easy for mums to return to work after a career break or 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 similar you know my um my wife took a took a long break after after bringing the children up and what have you and and you know she she'd now like to get back into work and is probably finding it harder than we had thought and hoped to be able to get back in after an extended break so I think that's a yeah. that's an area is to you know consider people who have had that naturally extended break and and still consider that what value they can bring which is huge often a huge value and I think you're right I think there's a huge um, gap for, for returners for want of a better phrase um, there are so many people who would be keen to return to the workplace for whatever reason but are looked over or, or discounted and that's definitely something we can improve on I think as an industry yeah absolutely mm. well Abby let's find out a little bit more about Mark outside of work Yes, so we've learned a little bit more about your career now, but we always uh, think our listeners would like to learn a bit more about you personally as well. So what would you say your perfect weekend would look like? Uh, well, I'm a keen cyclist when I'm not when I'm not injured. Um, I'm a, a stereotype mammal, I guess. So I've, <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a born again cyclist, so I love it. So my, my perfect weekend would be you know, being out on my bike, um hopefully enjoying a bit of sunshine um and then yeah being at home spending time with the family and 
watching a bit of football, I guess, as well, watching Arsenal stride to the title. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Uh, No, that does sound lovely. I think it's so important as well to, to have have that time on the weekends to, to get out into, into nature and, and uh, yeah, ride, riding a bike is, is a great way to do that. Yeah, it's a great, I find it a great escape as well. You know, when you've had a, had a busy week or, or, you know, stressful week, it's a great way of clearing yeah. your head. So yeah, I love it. Oh, amazing. And yeah, Tegan, um, do you want to run through some quick fire questions as well to find out more? I'm going to dive straight into this, Mark. Um, so you're on a plane, window or aisle seat? Aisle. Unless I'm in business class, then maybe window. <laughs> Fair enough. Morning <laughs> or evening? Uh, evening. Facebook or Twitter? Uh, definitely Twitter. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you've got cats and dogs, but people or animals? Probably people. On balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dick, Christmas or your birthday? Uh, Christmas. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, probably, probably Japanese or sushi. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're talking. If I had to choose one, that would probably be it. You go for that. Fair enough. A swimming pool or the ocean? Uh, the ocean. But I might be picky about which ocean and how cold it is. <laughs> yeah, that's... How warm it is, rather. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem of being British, isn't it? It's, um, <laughs> we know what the ocean can be like. What, then, is your favourite family vacation? Well, we've got a, we've got a place down in Cornwall. So I would say Cornwall, but then at the same time, when we were out in the Middle East, we we managed to visit the Maldives a few times, so I'd probably have to say the Maldives. Wonderful. Whereabouts in Cornwall do you head off to? we got a place in Falmouth, just outside Falmouth. Yes, my sister studied in Falmouth. I know it well. No, I know it well, no, yeah. No, beautiful, yeah. beautiful part of the world. Oh, stunning. If you haven't been, go. Um, would you rather watch sports or play sports? Uh, well, tricky one. I I love cycling, so I'd probably have to say uh, participating and playing sport, but then I love watching a bit of footy, so can I say both? All right, then. All right, then. Um, reading the book or seeing the movie? Uh, I'm not a big reader, so I'd say seeing the movie. Passion or stability? Uh, passion. Yeah, it's got to be. And finally, espresso or latte? Uh, definitely espresso. I thought you'd say espresso. I thought you would. <laughs> um, Abby, what, I'll pass back to you for our final question. Yeah, so we always uh, wrap up with the same question um, that we ask all of our guests, and that is, what is one piece of advice um, you would give to somebody entering the industry? Um, enjoy it, I think. As simple as that. I mean, it's a, it's a great industry. Um, loads of loads of opportunities. Um, work hard and, and be passionate about about what you do um uh, that would be it yeah but it's um yeah be, it's a it's a great opportunity so enjoy it it's a as we've as we said it's um it's a fast-changing industry 
um, which also creates lots of uh, lots of opportunities. So it does. It does. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, and um, I'm sure we will speak soon. Thank you. Great to be here. Good to talk to you both. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.nuco-group.com. That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.